If you'll open your Bibles to Colossians 3, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 4. And as you turn there, this is actually the turning point of Colossians. This is the part in which Peter, or sorry, which Paul gave us a bunch of truths in the first two chapters, in which it said, here is the truth of the supremacy of Christ. Here is who Christ is, and, and here is who you are. And now, this is the turning point in which it says, now because of these truths, live a different life. Change. Take, take, have your actions, have what you do be a reflection of these spiritual truths. And so now, we are going to read and see how we are called to change. From Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. Since then, you have been raised with Christ... Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Let us pray. Father, we, we recognize that we, at times, pursue evil. That at times we only change for our benefit, and yet you call us to change. You call us to, to live a different life because our lives are to pursue you. We pray this morning that we apply these scriptures to our lives, that we are able to walk out of here and, and say, God can radically change my life because my life is pursuing Christ and nothing else. Let us have that heart among us as we read and hear from your word. In your name, amen. I'm going to assume that you want to change. And I'm going to assume that you want to change something about yourself because the self-help industry is an $11 billion a year industry. It is telling us that we all need to change something about ourselves. And typically we listen because each of us probably looks at something about ourselves and say, I want to change that about me. Whether it's in relationships in which you were single and you said, hey, I, I want to be able to be a better date, or whether it's in, you're in a marriage and you say, I wish my marriage was better, whether it's uh, finances where you go to a self-help book in which you say, oh, this is how I can grow my business, this is how I can be a better business person, or whether it's a seminar, whether it's a speaker in which it says how to get out of debt in five steps. And the list goes on and on. The self-help industry tells us that we should be less anxious, that we should lose weight, that we should be better at public speaking. And there is plenty of stuff out there. Podcasts, speakers, books, websites, programs that we can all go to to change. And we all want to change something about ourselves. And, and Christian or not, that's actually a good thing. It points to something deeper in our lives. It points to something in which we say, in my life, I want to grow. There, there's a longing in our hearts. There's a longing for something better. There's a longing for peace. There's a longing for perfection. There's a longing for heaven. But the way that we want to change is the way that the self-help industry sells it to us. Easy tasks, by my power, focused on me, with fast results. And yet God says the complete opposite. Because no one picks up a self-help book hoping it will say, your ideas, your wisdom, your strength, your knowledge, your power needs to be put to death. 
And you don't need to just change one thing about your life. You need to change everything about your life. And oh, by the way, this change is going to take the rest of your life. No one hopes for that. But that's exactly what God tells us needs to happen for change to take place. Change should be desired, but not the change that is focused on ourselves by our power, but change that is focused and done by the power of the eternal and everlasting God. So we're going to tackle that this morning. We're going to tackle the question, how do we change? And if we go back to the passage, it will actually tell us that what we focus on is how we change. Look back at verses 1 and 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. And what this passage is challenging us and asking us to do is saying, set your heart on the things above. Your heart, the, the thing that you desire, the thing that you seek, the thing that you pursue, have that be the thing above. Have that be Christ seated at the right hand of God. And it goes on to say, whatever you set your mind on, so what do you think about, what do you desire, what do you, what do you, what do you long for, have your mind be set on Christ seated at the right hand of God. And basically, to summarize it, it's to say, what is the focus of your life? What is the thing that you're longing for? What is the thing that you're pursuing? And there's two options given to us in this passage. It's either earthly things, or it's the things above. And in the coming verses, you guys can actually look, and I'm not going to read, but you can look ahead and see, in the coming verses, there's going to be a list of things that we have to change. So this passage is setting us up for that. But more importantly, it gives us a foundation to change, telling us that what we change and how our lives will change is based on what our lives are focused on. So just to give you a sort of silly illustration is, imagine that we're both going down the same road, you're in one car, I'm in the other, and we're going the same route, except at one point I take a left turn and you take a right. Why did we change paths? It's because our destinations are different. Our goals are different. Our focus is different. We were on the same path, but I took a left because I needed to go to the grocery store, and you took a right because you needed to go to Wawa. And so what happens is that's the same with change in our lives. Change in our lives is just dependent on where we're focused, where we're longing for, what our goal is, what our destination is. And the problem for a lot of us, and the reason why we can't change, is the focus of our lives is ourselves. It's the earthly view. And just think about it for a second. A lot of the change that occurs in our lives takes place because the change will be better for us. The outcome will be in your favor. The change, the change that we desire is one for me and for my benefit. I mean, just consider what we tell little kids. If you have a little child who is making fun of other children, we say, you want to be liked, don't you? You don't want to be a jerk. You want friends, don't you? It's all about them. And so they change. They change because they want friends. But what happens when they get friends? Especially friends who are willing to make fun of other people. They go back to what they always wanted to do. The change wasn't lasting because the change was the destination, the goal, the, 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 the change was based on themselves, on, on their desires. And they wanted friends and they got friends. And now in this moment, I want to keep those friends and they're making fun of other people, so I change back. The change isn't lasting, the change isn't secure. And we do this as adults as well. 
In April 2017, uh, there was a man named David Dow who was forcefully dragged off of a United Airlines flight. The, the video went viral, I'm sure you remember, in which you saw this man being dragged through the aisle and, and blood on his face and he was forcefully removed. And then the days follow, millions of people went to social media and said, I'm going to boycott United Airlines. I'm never going to fly again. They're, they were willing to completely change the way they did air travel because of the injustice they saw done against David Dow. But in the three months after the incident, those next three months, United flew 71 million passengers, about 5% more than the previous year. And what happened was those people who posted on Facebook and social media, when they went to book their next flight, they saw the cheapest fare and the best route and they booked with the United. The change wasn't lasting. The change wasn't secure. And what this tells us is the changes we make when we're focused on ourselves will only take place when they help us, when they benefit us. And that sort of change isn't lasting. And that's why there are things in our life right now that we know is the right thing to do, is the right thing to change, but we can't. We can't change it because the focus is on ourselves and it tells us that the change is going to be too costly. It won't help us. It won't benefit us. And we will fail to change. Because right now, sitting in this room, we probably could all say, I, I probably shouldn't yell during an argument. I probably shouldn't raise my voice. I probably shouldn't shout. But when you're in the middle of an argument, when you're getting heated, when you're angry, and you start raising your voice, and you recognize that if I start yelling right now, I will win the argument. I will beat this person in submission. They will know how angry I am. And it makes me feel good and it makes me feel powerful and I will make sure that I can win. Because to change, to tell myself that I shouldn't yell, would be too costly. I would have to humble myself. I might lose the argument. That other person might not realize how mad I am. And so as much as we know we shouldn't yell, when our lives are focused on ourselves, we will never turn away from yelling because the change doesn't benefit us. And we only stop yelling when the change benefits us. And so the reason why we can all point to things in our life that we know we should change and can't is because of what the Bible calls sin. And Adam and Eve in the garden had a choice to make. What would their life be focused on? Would it be focused on God or would it be focused on them? And when it was focused on God, they avoided the tree. They avoided what God told them not to touch. And yet when their focus shifted to themselves, what happened? A change occurred in which they no longer wanted to follow God, but which, in which they said, I'm going to follow myself. And in this moment, myself wants to eat from this tree. And this is the very hard attitude that we struggle with today. A life focused on yourself will only make changes when it benefits you. Even when you know the right thing to do is something opposite, we will still pursue the thing that is best for us because the focus is on ourselves, not on the things above. So the challenge for us of how to change is, is really how do we change the focus of our life? And the way to change the focus of our life is we have to be willing to put our lives to death and find our life in Christ. Look at verses 3 and 4. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, 
then you will also appear with him in glory. I mean, do you recognize that this is completely going against what we were just talking about? It's, it's actually taking 180 where we say we no longer focus our life on ourselves, but instead we need to focus our entire life. We need to put our life to death and focus our life on Christ. Let our lives be done in service to God. And this passage and the rest of Scripture says that your focus needs to be on the things above, needs to be on Christ. And we actually have to admit that our lives deserve death. That, that, that since I focus my life on myself, I deserve death. Since, since I have done evil for my own benefit, I deserve death. I, I have actually, there's nothing good in me. I have been pursuing life for my own benefit, for my own gain, for myself. And, I, and what we need to do is we need to come to God and say, I, I need to replace the focus of my life. I need to replace my heart. I need to replace everything about me. And instead of it being a life built for myself or focused on myself, instead it needs to be a life built for Christ and focused on him. And this is the only way that we are going to be able to find everlasting, deep, meaningful change is if we today admit that we pursue life generally for ourselves, that, that we look to our wisdom and our strength and our focus needs to not be ourselves and needs to actually be considered dead, but instead needs to have a life that says, I'm going to be pursuing God's wisdom and his knowledge and his strength and his life because he is my very life. He is the source of life. He is the one that I will pursue. He is the one that I will focus on. And this is the path of salvation, and this is the path of change. And if you are struggling with that this morning, I want you to, say, I want you to be able to say, this is how you come to God. You come to God saying, listen, I've, I've focused on myself. I've, I've pursued myself, and now, God, I want to pursue you. And salvation will be offered to you in which God says, I will now consider your life dead, and instead you will have my life. When I look at you, I will see me living through you. And that's the thing is, for our salvation, but not only for our salvation, for the rest of our lives, for change to occur, we need to have a life that's focused on Christ. But what happens to a lot of us, especially when we become Christians, and a lot of us, what we struggle with is, is we just turn the Bible into another self-help book. And we do this when we, when we say, okay, my goal used to be on myself. My, my, my focus used to be on myself. And we take just this slight pivot in which we say, all right, it will no longer be focused on me. But now, let me go to the Bible and say, give me a list. Tell me what I need to avoid. Tell me what I need to change. Tell me what I need to do. And we go from a life focused on ourselves, and instead take a slight pivot in which we say, okay, God, obviously you have control over the bad things. Obviously, you tell me what I need to change. I recognize I need to avoid things. I recognize I shouldn't sin. I need to make sure I'm following the rules. But do you see what the focus is still on? The focus becomes this question of, is this sin? Is this wrong? Am I doing the bare minimum? And the focus is actually still on earthly things because it's a life focused on you being right or wrong. Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? And what you will say to God and what we will say to God is we will say, God, you have control over everything you've explicitly told me in this book, in this self-help book. I will avoid these things. I will change these things about my life. But everything else is mine, right? As long as I'm not sinning, as long as I'm not, as long as I'm not doing things that you say I can't do, I can still do those things, right? I can live life how I want. 
But recognize what we're doing here. And, 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 and the reason why we struggle with change is because we have just taken the truths of God and jammed them into our life. But our focus hasn't changed. Our focus is still on ourselves. Our focus is still saying, I want to be right and I don't want to be in the wrong. And what we actually have to do is completely change the focus to the things above, to, to Christ being ever before us. And the question that we actually have to ask ourselves in everything we do, in every situation, in whatever's taking place is the one that's presented here. In this moment, is my heart and mind focused on the things above? And this is when real change will take place. This is when radical change will take place. Because just consider, when I, when I put a destination into my GPS. I don't, I don't care the route. I don't care if I have to take a left turn, a right turn. I don't care if I have to go over a bridge or under a tunnel. It doesn't matter. Just get me to the destination. Get me there. Make me make multiple changes in my pathway. Just get me to the destination. And this is the same with our lives. If we say that the destination, that the goal, the focus of my life is Christ, then we will be able to do incredible things. We'll be able to make incredible changes with our life because we'll say, I don't care what changes need to be made in my life. God, take things away. Add things to my life. Make me go left. Make me move right. Make me move across the country. It doesn't matter, God. Make me do whatever you want. It doesn't matter what changes need to take place. I'm just focused on you. Turn my world upside down. Just give me Jesus. And so for change to occur in our life, and the problem that we struggle with when, for change to occur in our life is typically we commonly ask of the Bible and ask of God is, what is sin and what do I have to do? But what this passage is telling us is the real question that we need to challenge ourselves is, is my heart and mind focused on the things above, on God? And if that's the question, if that's the pursuit, if we're saying we're pursuing God and focused on God, then radical change will occur in our life. Because just consider this. I'm going to give you three examples. Number one, imagine if you asked yourself, what do I have to do with my money? You will go to the Bible and you will say, all right, I have to give my 10%. I can't steal. I can't use it for sinful purposes. But what will you do with the rest of your money? You'll say, this 10% is for God. This 90% I can use for myself and everything that I want to do. I can do it whatever I want because I'm doing the bare minimum. But if you go to your money and say, is my heart and mind focused on the things above? Then whenever you spend your money, even on things that are small, you will say, wait a second, am I doing this for the glory of God? Wait, the way that I'm using my money, the way that I'm building wealth, the way that I'm doing this, is my heart focused on God? And that will radically change because if someone comes to you and says, hey, we need help with, we need help with building the kingdom of God, you'll go, take it off. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. I just want to pursue God. And God, take my money away or add to it. It doesn't matter. I just want you. Or consider, consider if you had a hard conversation in which, in which you, it was, whether it was online or in person, and, and you go and you leave that conversation and you ask yourself this question, did I sin during that conversation? Then the way that you'll respond is you'll go, well, I didn't make fun of the person. I didn't lie. So I was okay. But if you walk away from that conversation and say, was my heart and mind focused on the things above during it? 
then you'll have to challenge yourself a lot more. You'll have to say, was I gentle? Was I encouraging? Did I try to understand their perspective more than present my own? Do you see how radically different the change that will occur in your life? And the final one is the most important one because it's the one that we start with in our faith and it's the one that we usually struggle with the most. And that is re repentance. Because just imagine if, if the focus of your life is avoiding sin, if that's the focus of your life, then what happens when someone comes to you and says, I think you sinned? It has to be two responses. It's either A, it crushes you because your goal is now, is now failing. You failed at your goal and it destroys you. Or you have to hide it and you have to minimize the sin and say, no, 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 I didn't sin. It's not that big of a deal. But if the goal of your life is your heart and mind focused on the things above, then when someone comes to you and says, I think you sinned, your response is, yeah, lots of ways. I, I need to continue to change. I need to, I, I need to repent of it. I need to turn away from it. I recognize that in that moment, my heart was probably still focused on myself and I need to turn it to the Lord. And do you see the radical difference? The radical change that will take place is dependent on what you're focused on. And this is how we change. We change because the change is no longer focused on us. And, and we won't even be focused on individual changes of, of going to self-help books or going to the Bible and saying, what's the bare minimum that I have to do with my money? Or what's the bare minimum I have to do in this situation? But instead, we will simply say, God, change it all. Change it all for your glory. glory. Let, let my heart and mind be focused on you alone. And change will actually come from that focus. And next week, we will be able to say, when we look through this list of changes, we will say, I am not changing these things for my sake. I am not changing these things simply to change because God tells me in his word, but I'm changing them because my heart and mind are focused on Christ. And, and listen, I, I, I want to be clear that I recognize that change is not easy. There is still a lot of things in my life that I need to change, that, that needs to be worked on, that needs to be edified by God. And it will still take a long time, but, but here's the promise for us, is that if we set our hearts and minds on Christ then, and on the things above, the promise is this, the destination is secure. Because look at the last line of verse four. It says, then you will also appear with him in glory. And what this is, is a promise in which it says, what you struggle with today will not always be so. What God promises in the Bible is the complete opposite of every self-help book, that your transformation is not based on your actions, but based on his. What he is telling us here is that you are to pursue him, knowing that no matter what happens in the end, you will be with him. And this tr truth completely changes the way we live our life. Because just consider this, when, when a teacher, wh why do teachers give tests? Why do teachers want students to study for tests? It's to learn the material, right? Now, why do students study for tests? It's to get the grade. And, 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 and let's, say, let's say that you love history, though. You love it, you, you wanna learn more about it. And your teacher comes to your classroom or to your Zoom call and says, for this next test, you are all getting A's. No matter, no matter how you do, you're getting an A on this exam. Then what would you do? You'd still study, right? Not for the grade, but because you love the material. 
And you're actually doing exactly what the teacher wants, which is to, to study for the sake of applying it to your life, of, of knowing it, of, of, and not just getting the grade. And with Christ, he is telling you the outcome is secure. No matter what you do, you are, you are, you are going to be with him. And, and so now we get to live a life in which we, we don't change for our own glory. We don't change because it's the right thing to do. We don't change to get into heaven. We don't change to get an A-plus in life. But instead, we are changing, and we are growing, and we are living life because we are secure in it. Because of the love that we have in Christ, we are secure that no matter what happens, we are with him. And now we get to pursue him with all our hearts and all our minds. And so now, the rest of our lives, the question isn't, how can I change, but how can God change me? And we get to do this in a freedom in which we pursue God. And in that pursuit, God will change us, radically change us, make us do things that we could never thought possible. And no matter, even if we fail in those changes, if we turn back to sin at times, we can always go back to him because the outcome is secure. And no self-help book, no speaker, no podcast can give you that promise except God alone. And there was a time where I was talking with a uh, missionary friend um, who grew up in a you know, upper middle class home in, in southern America, or in, in south in the United States. Um, and he was very white like me, and he was a missionary in Latin America. And I said to him, you know, I, I could never do that. I could never leave my family. I could never make those changes to my life. I, I could never do what you do. And what do you think he said to me? Oh, yes, you can. I have this book that says seven ways to become a Latin American missionary. He didn't say that. He didn't say, oh, turn to Ephesians 5. It actually says that you have to be a Latin American missionary, and I'm just fulfilling what God put in his word with the bare minimum. I'm just doing what I have to do, these changes that I have to make. No, what did he say? I'm just doing what God called me to do. I'm making changes to my life because I want my heart and mind set on God above. And trust me, God is making a lot more radical changes than I could have ever predicted. But I'm doing it because I love the Lord. And so this morning, let us take with us this challenge to no longer ask ourselves, what do I want to change about my life that will benefit me? No longer ask ourselves, what is the minimum that God gives us in Scripture that, that we have to make sure we're, we're on the right side instead of the wrong side? But have the question and the focus of our lives be, is my mind and heart set on the things above? Is it set on Christ and the author and perfecter of our faith? He is the one who saves us. He is the one who changes us. And he is the one who secures our outcome. 